It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back here again for another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Julian Council, here with you talking Carolina Panthers. Well, typically I say every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but we are in off-season mode here on Locked On Panthers, which means you're going to be getting three podcasts every week, typically on Mondays, but because Monday was a holiday, you're now getting it today on Tuesday. You also have typically on Wednesdays and Fridays where we continue to do the Friday mailbag. So typically look out for the show on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, which is why I tell you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Spotify, follow us on Odyssey, on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Go ahead and make sure you're subscribed to the show so you always have it downloaded to your phone and wherever you download to, I guess. So you have it every single morning ready to go. I will also tweet out and let you know when the show's come out. But the best way to find the show is on all those places and by subscribing. On today's episode, super excited to finally get the chance to sit down with Josh Norris, a Charlottean, a Elon alum like myself. He knows a ton about the Carolina Panthers, does a great job with the Underdog Fantasy Podcast, used to also be a part of Roto World, and he is a great NFL mind. Had a chance to talk to him about Sam Darnold, about the Panthers draft, and what to expect in this season upcoming here in 2021. So here is that conversation starting right now. All right, really excited about this one. This is something that I've been working on the last couple of weeks. And this is one of the guys in the national media who has Charlotte ties that I think really has an insight on the Carolina Panthers. And I'm really pleased to join me right now, Josh Norris. Josh, how are you doing? Strong Charlotte ties, Julian. Uh, I remember... The first year at Clemson football games in 1995. Okay. I remember when Bank of America Stadium was then Erickson Stadium. Yes, seven-year-old Josh in 1995 was obsessed with the Carolina Panthers. So I'm glad to carry some of that still like deep down in my heart, but also you know, to have some perspective on it as well. Thanks for having me, man. I, I'm excited for this. Yeah, no, I appreciate you coming on here. You guys can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Norris if you're not already doing that. He also is the host of the Underdog Fantasy Podcast, where he's doing a fantastic job having some of the best names in the NFL come on his podcast weekly. And he's also, more importantly, an Elon University graduate like myself. And it's not every day I get to talk to an Elon alum from Charlotte. <laughs> so, Josh, I'm very excited about that because of our shared background right there. Yes, WSOE 89.3, the only alternative. Yes, sir. Uh, also, also one-on-one sports. Yes, same. Uh, okay, there we go. Deep, deep in the depths of McEwen in the edit suites. Uh, I go back now every once in a while, and boy, has that campus changed. Uh, I'm just glad I got out while I could because I don't know if I'd be able to get in now. 
Uh, but I, I absolutely loved my Elon experience. I'm sure you did as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I haven't been back since I graduated in 2015, mainly because I've been waiting to see all the new changes. And it feels like yeah. that school is never going to stop growing. So I may <laughs> never go back at this point in time, but I will have to go back at some point in the near future. So let's talk Panthers. You got the deep yep. Panther size. You used to work for Roto World, but now you're doing your own thing, which is awesome. Looking at the draft, let's just go ahead and start off. And, and let me bring this up first, though. For folks out there, I've told them that I'm not a huge NFL draft person, especially when it comes to mock drafts, but you absolutely nailed your mock draft, apparently, <laughs> where you went, what, 16 out of 32 of the picks in the first round. Did I get that correct? Yeah, Julian, it may or may not be the most accurate mock draft in NFL history. Uh, previously, I think it was 13 or 14 correct selections back in 2006 with like the great Rick Goslin, who I think is like a Hall of Fame beat writer, was with the Cowboys. Um, covering them wow. and then Nolan Araki who now works for the Las Vegas Raiders in their personnel mm -hmm. staff and then you know little old me now gets half the first round correct including I think nine of the first 10 so yeah that was a fun sweat that one night I will say uh, for someone who works in like the fancy space the the gambling space and obviously just making football content there is some cruel irony that I win the one contest that has absolutely no monetary value attached to it. But <laughs> hopefully people out there, because I've, I've gotten a bunch of these messages, smashed their draft prop bets because of that mock draft. So hopefully we're going to do it again next year. There you go. You made some people some money and you yes. gain even more credibility than what you already had. That's awesome. 16 out of 32, which is just nails. So looking at the Carolina Panthers, their first overall pick or the eighth overall pick, their first round pick, they went J.C. Horn. You were one of the people that were telling Panther fans that if they wanted a quarterback like a Mac yep. Jones, like a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance, whoever was there at eight, they probably would not have done the Sam Darnold trade, which I appreciated you saying that because I spent a month telling these people, guys, if they like these guys, why in the world would they give up three picks, which they basically paid in full now for Sam Darnold, if they would have their choice at eight and Justin Fields was there and staying with J.C. Horn, your overall thoughts on the Carolina Panthers' decision to pass on a quarterback and to take J.C. Horn to corner out of South Carolina? Well, they obviously would have moved up to number three, too, if they were absolutely in love with one. Yeah. You know, this is a team that has Matt Rule very much running the show on a daily basis. And obviously he, he strongly gets along with Scott Fitterer now. Um, but we always need to understand that David Tepper is the final decision maker, especially when it comes to the quarterback position. And despite him mentioning process and patience early on in his tenure as his team's owner, uh, it is very clear that those were words more than actions so far. And one, the Teddy Bridgewater situation last year. Yes. What did they expect when, when you sign him, you're going to go five and 11, six and 10, something like that. But it's pretty clear based on last season that David Tepper and, and Matt Rule and the coaching staff just didn't feel they got enough out of the quarterback spot. So immediately this time, this team tried to upgrade and it was by offering the number eight overall pick to go get Matthew Stafford. Like if that's any indication that this team wanted to go big at the quarterback position, then that was going to be it. But it also pointed to them not loving this quarterback class, most likely outside of Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. I will say before I, I end this comment, yeah, you know, as much as I was certain that it wasn't going to be Mac Jones or Justin Fields or whoever else at number eight overall, 
um, that was constantly coming up with people I, I was speaking to, like associated to the league, in the league, outside of it, all that stuff. And it just never made any sense to me because you have an owner who there is no too rich for my blood to him when it comes to getting a quarterback that they absolutely love. Matthew Stafford, Deshaun Watson would have been there. And so this is more of a pivot point with Sam Darnold of, hey, at least it's not Teddy this year. And then if Sam plays well, yes, you have the fifth-year option that's already been picked up and he can play on that. And if he doesn't, Julian, I think next offseason, they immediately go back into the veteran quarterback market and go try to get one of those big names. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to be surprised at all if we're sitting here, I guess, what, 10 months from now? Talk about the Carolina right. Panthers getting another quarterback. That's when I how I felt when they traded for Sam Darnold. You can make all the excuses you want for him in New York, and there's certainly valid reasons for why he did not play well. But no matter how you break it down, he was bad with the New York Jets. And I've never seen a quarterback Correct. play the way he's played through three seasons and then get an opportunity like he has now here in Carolina. So he certainly needs to make the most of it. If he doesn't, well, it wouldn't really shock me based off what we've seen so far, even though I feel like he has pieces in place. Take a quick pause, then we'll be right back with Josh Norris. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily Instant Karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away $3 million in Instant Karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Credit Karma Money progress starts here. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning Instant Karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and items apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank, Inc. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I've always felt going to the offseason that yeah, quarterback play last year wasn't great. But this is also not a roster that was built to win right away. Now, had Deshaun Watson been available, I do believe, and all the legal stuff wasn't going on, I do believe he's Carolina Panther. But Good one job. of my thing was, I was all about getting a left tackle. I was praying to God that he would deliver Panay Soul to the Carolina Panthers. Well, Detroit Lions obviously had a, a different opinion of what they wanted to happen, and they took Panay Soul at seventh overall. And the Carolina Panthers, I thought, going to that night, too, should try to get a tackle. 
I was not surprised that they traded back considering the reports that they wanted to acquire more picks, but not getting one of the top left tackles in this draft. Do you think that was a mistake waiting until the third round to draft Brady Christensen out of BYU, who was granted an all American last year, but against a extremely weak schedule. I'm with you. Like if, if Penesa and I, I think they were on the same page. If, if he was available at number eight, I think he'd be a Carolina Panther right now. Yeah. Um, but but it's not. And that's a position that's difficult to find. And you can just point back to the recent history of, of the Panthers to show how difficult it is to acquire a young player at that spot that you think you can start on your team for, what, seven to, to ten years. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's this offensive line addition period is is one that across the league, different teams have taken different approaches. And I think the Panthers are, are taking a similar page out of what the Buffalo Bills did a few years ago. Like you have locked in really two starters right now in Matt Paradis at center and Taylor Moten at, at right tackle. And then you bring in a bunch of names, some old like Dennis Daly and, and John Miller and uh, Trent Scott, and then some new in Cameron Irving and Pat Elfline, and maybe even a Deontay Brown and now Brady Christensen, obviously, that you can try to fit like the other three pieces and, yeah. and make it work there. Um, I'm with you. I mean, obviously, left tackle is is vitally important. But most importantly, I think, is having a talented front five that also stays healthy. Like offensive line health and cohesion is something that's not talked about enough. When you look like everyone remember this conversation we're having right now, then look in late November, mid-December, early January when the playoffs are just hitting and see the teams that look the best on a week-to-week basis. And it's because they have a cohesive and healthy offensive line. Quickly in your Sam Darnold point, I'm with you. He's bad. Like he played poorly with the Jets. And when you go back and look at his highlights, um, they weren't even highlights. You know, he had a few fun plays here or there, but even like when everything was somewhat in rhythm, because he's a really erratic player, yeah. somewhat in rhythm, his placement would force wide receivers to completely halt their momentum. He would stop routes. He would leave yards on the field. But I, I always point to what Joe Brady did last year. And I like Teddy, but he just certainly, and as soon as they made this, move it was all about throwing down the field it's pretty clear that they didn't think teddy was willing to to take chances down the field but with joe brady teddy and pj walker and whoever else were able to produce four 1000 yard scrimmage players and that's not talked about enough this offseason i mean you obviously had dj Moore and robbie anderson mike davis went over 1000 yards curtis samuel went mm-hmm. over a thousand yards you know this panthers team i don't think it ever had two 1000 yard receivers in their history which is crazy to think about it's crazy to think about. So it's um it's one where I trust Joe Brady, but he is certainly going to have to make Sam look far more comfortable and slower and composed and connected than he has in his past. And I, I don't know how often weaknesses can turn to strengths in the NFL. Yeah, it's just one of those things like if you look on paper, they downgraded at quarterback. Certainly, if you're going to be able to stretch the field with Sam Darnold, which is something that Teddy Bridgewater, whether he was capable or unwilling to do it, it just didn't happen last year. Obviously, we can bring up, and Teddy brought it up not too long ago, the inefficiencies in the red zone and also in the final two-minute drills going 0 for 8 with game tying or winning drives at the end of games. Something had to change. And at the very least, at least for me as an observer of this team, they make him a little bit more interesting 
having Sam Darnold, even though I don't think he's very good, I'm at least more interested to see what this team's going to be. And there's a level of mystery that if you brought Teddy Bridgewater back, you kind of know what you have in him. And I'd like that you bring up the fact that they have four 1,000 yards from scrimmage guys. Like Teddy sucked apparently, but yet he was able to have those guys like Robbie Anderson have a career year last year in spite of the quarterback, apparently, according to a lot of the Panther fans out here. So just going back to the offensive line, though, like you're right. The teams that are healthy, those are typically with healthy offensive lines. Those are the teams that typically perform well. Look at the Super Bowl, Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, their offensive line injuries is really what put them out of that game outside of just Tampa Bay just being absolutely loaded. I'm just so concerned about that moving forward. Everyone is obsessed with a quarterback, but you don't have anyone to protect them. Then what does it really matter at all? I did like, though, in that second round, getting Terrace Marshall. Robbie oh, Anderson, I love it. Robbie Anderson was good last year, career year, but he is going into a contract year. He's going to be 28 this season. He just turned 28, going to be 29 in 2022 if he was still on the roster. But he's at the point in his career where he only has one opportunity to get paid. If he has another season like he just had, I'd imagine he's probably going to be looking for the highest bidder opposed to, you know, loyalty and staying here with his former college coach and Matt Rule. You say you like Terrace Marshall. I feel like he's going to probably be projected as long as he stays healthy with the knee, the wide receiver too, opposite of DJ Moore for hopefully the next five, Ooh. seven plus years. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to go that far because it's tough for me to look oh, okay. beyond like year one. Um, like in year one, what the plan is right now, and I can see him developing that. I mean, I'm, I'm obsessed with Terrace Marshall. I, I, I love him as a prospect. Um, but when we look at what Carolina did last year, I mean, they were in 11 personnel, 57% of the time. Um, and then you add another 49 snaps with four wide receivers on the field. Uh, they, I mean, on this offense, the number three wide receiver from a passing game standpoint is more important than the number one tight end. Okay. Yeah. And I just mentioned that Curtis Samuel and how productive he was. And, and they're not exactly the same. I mean, Terrace isn't going to line up in the backfield and, you know, make explosive plays at running back. But you can't go from Curtis Samuel to David Moore when your number three wide receiver is, is that important because David Moore is a role player. He's a, he's a downfield contested catch guy. And we know Curtis played about 71% of his snaps in the slot last year and had an A dot around, averaged at the target, around like seven and a half yards, I believe. Um, everyone moved and, and you know this everyone moved in and out like Robbie got some slot snaps DJ Moore got some slot snaps mm -hmm. but what what we love about Terrace is one he has a history with Joe Brady and people just view like his 2020 season as his only one at LSU all right when Joe was there well I guess both Burrow and Brady uh he had 13 freaking touchdowns as an 18 or 19 year old he's super young he was the best in the country in contested catches this year he offers that size that among that trio at wide receiver I don't think they was on the roster already that really might help in red zone situations, especially over the middle of the field. And he has that inside to outside uh, versatility already. So I, I, I'm expecting him as long as he stays healthy and he doesn't, you know, completely miss his opportunities in the preseason to immediately line up as that number three wide receiver and most likely spend most of his time in the slot unless they want to put DJ there, which is great because, that's yards after catch dominance because we've seen Joe have that with Curtis Samuel and uh, obviously Justin Jefferson at LSU. Um, but uh, yeah, it, from a talent standpoint, it's all there for Terrace Marshall. And I'm excited for him to be in this offense. Yeah, I just love the depth at wide receiver, DJ Moore. I mean, the fact that he's had back-to-back 1,000-yard -back receiving seasons with the likes of I mean, Cam Newton injured throwing to him, Kyle Allen, Will Greer. He's also had P.J. Walker and Teddy Bridgewater. It just shows yeah. you how good of a player – 
he is going to be for the Carolina Panthers and in the league for the, the uh, foreseeable future, hopefully, as long as he stays healthy. One more quick pause, and then we'll finish off my conversation with Josh Norris. Y'all have been talking about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. They now have nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavors, including these nine currently out for you to order today. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. There's something for everyone at Built Bar. Here's the great thing about Built Bars. They're covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are not just best tasting, but they're also healthy. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams net carbs. Order Built Bar today by going to BuiltBar.com. And use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's look over at the defensive side of the football. I think this defense has a chance to be, I'm not going to say great this year, but I think they can be pretty good. I, yeah. I like the fact that the end of last season, you look at the second half against Green Bay, of course, the Lions game, as if whatever you want to make out of Detroit at that point in the year, they played really good defense. You can also look at Washington, even though Dwayne Haskins was a complete nightmare for Ron Rivera and that football team last season, they played well. They got better throughout the season, which is really the only thing I wanted to see from Phil Snow and that young unit. Now you add in a couple veterans like Hassan Reddick and Daquan Jones, and you bring in A.J. Boye as well. And, of course, we already talked about J.C. Horn, who's not a veteran, but you're likely day one starter at corner opposite of Dante Jackson. How do you feel about this unit heading to 2021 with the guys that they added through the draft and free agency? So first, big picture, I love that the Panthers finally have a process in terms of acquiring talents, and namely with draft picks. Um, if any of your listeners know, I'm obsessed with athletic testing. I think it's an important part of the evaluation process. And not just saying like, oh, this guy's more athletic, that means he's going to be good. It matters at certain positions, namely ones that have like a one-on-one -on -one matchup. If it's defensive linemen, offensive linemen, corners, wide receivers, I can keep going on and on. Yeah. Um, under Marty Herney, felt like for decades – you could never nail his process down despite him being here because he might take someone who's an Uber athlete in round one and then take someone who's like a non NFL caliber athlete in round two. And then there's just, there's no connectedness in anything that he did. Well, with Matt rule and now Scott Fitterer in charge with rule, even dating back to his Baylor days and temple days, he always wanted top tier athletes because he believed in his ability and his coach's ability to coach and improve these players that showed up throughout this entire draft class, by the way, and every pick that was made outside of round one last year. So that's rules um, impact on the evaluation process so far. And what Scott Fitterer's is, is the understanding of, Hey, we are not perfect evaluators. The best people in the NFL at evaluating 
hit on about 40 to 50%, if not less than that. So the best thing to do is to have a process and the types that you want and then acquire as many draft picks as possible. And that's exactly what they finally have done. And so that has resulted to me in a defense that is going in a direction that I think a lot of defenses across the league are going in. Like unless you spend a boatload of early draft picks like Washington did or San Francisco did for years and years, what and how you should construct your defense are players who can make explosive plays in key situations. Like you, you want defenses or I should say opposing offenses to chase the scoreboard that you, the number of points that you're putting up. And then you have, you know, your Brian Burns, your Derek Browns, your Hassan Reddick's, your, your Jeremy Chins, your, your JC Horns, your Dante Jackson's, your Shaq Thompson's to make those one or two or three plays that end a drive that force a turnover because those are like where these games hinge. You can't be great defensively every single series, every single game, but in those like three to five key moments, having those explosive talents. And I think the Panthers have finally acquired a lot of those. Again, it's not going to be great series to series, but in key moments in fourth quarters at the end of first halves, I think they do have those athletic explosive playmakers uh, to achieve that goal. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I've talked to the listeners about it. It just feels like when you talk about their process, they care way more about kind of positional flexibility rather than a guy who's just kind of a master at just one position. Like they'd rather have like a master of none or jack of all trades than just one guy who's just specifically like, this is where he plays. And you've seen that with the guys that they drafted, like you talked about and acquired via free agency. I absolutely agree with you. Now there's two certain guys I look at and I'm interested to see what their impact will be. And it's also just towards like rookies or just second year players rather in this instance, like Daquan Jones coming from Tennessee where yeah. he was a solid player for six seasons with the Titans and uh, John Robinson there, their general manager now Mike Rabel as their head coach and under multiple defensive coordinators. I thought he was fantastic as a run stuffer. Now putting him next to Derek Brown, multiple fronts, but still I think that allows Derek Brown the opportunity to reach the kind of potential, at least in year two, that you would have hoped that you would have seen spurts of last year, but I don't think he had that opportunity because Kawan Short was out. Do you kind of see that as well? I think Derek Brown does not have the ceiling necessarily that maybe fans will want him to have. I think he's going to be a really solid player. Okay. Don't get me wrong, but I I don't think he's going to be spectacular of what a top seven, top 10 pick should allow. Yeah. Seven overall. Yeah. So that's fine. You know, you have Brian Burns to is super explosive either once he forces the quarterback to step up or if Derek Brown can get interior disruption to force the quarterback to to exit the pocket. And then you have Brian Burns to chase him down because that closing speed, I think it shocks opposing quarterbacks. It's it's ridiculous. And it coupled with his motor, it's fantastic. That's how Hassan Reddick got a ton of his sacks last year is that athleticism off the edge. Um Specifically about Daquan Jones, he's going to be an early down player, I believe. And then you're going to bring in Morgan Fox, who had that role with the Los Angeles Rams of, hey, your role is to create disruption, is to penetrate, is to create pressure up the middle and, you know, to be that effort player because so many sacks are on extended plays. Yeah. Um, and maybe Davion Nixon is is the same way. So if there's going to be one player in that interior defensive line group that's going to play the most snaps... I absolutely think it's going to be Derek Brown, but do I think he ends this season as, you know, 
top two in pressures or uh, sacks? Probably not. Probably not. Um, but I, he, he's going to be a really, really solid player. That's for sure. Okay. The second player I want to bring up was Hassan Reddick. Was last year a lie or is he actually going to repeat the performance that he had, at least to a certain extent, in Arizona last season? You know, sacks come in all different shapes and sizes. Uh, I am known to say that, like, disruption is production. Um, I think that Hassan Reddick, it's been a difficult NFL career for him because of Steve Kime and because of the Arizona Cardinals. You know, no one loves their linebacker, quote-unquote, evaluations more than Steve Kime. You went from Deion Buchanan to Hassan Reddick to Isaiah Simmons and now to Zayvon Collins. And, you know, two of those players, well, one's out of the league. Another one is now on the Panthers and didn't break out with the Cardinals until he was used in what he really did in college, which is kind of like a versatile edge player. I wouldn't even say edge rusher, but edge player. And then you had Isaiah Simmons, who had his struggles, obviously, in year one. Um, this is where Hassan Reddick is, is going to win and going to shine is using his athleticism in space. And what Phil Snow has done a pretty good job of is creating pressure fronts from multiple different angles. And you mentioned that versatility. Yes, that, that, that definitely will allow these players to shoot different gaps and alignments and uh, angles. Um, so I, I'm excited for it. I mean, they, it's not a long-term investment, as you mentioned with Hassan Reddick. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't either for Robbie Anderson. You know, it was really just a two-year deal. So I think what Matt Rule does is it's clear he likes people he knows and has been associated with in his past. And he likes the ones that he believes can help him immediately. And Hassan Reddick with Brian Burns and Year Gross Matos as, as your third outside pass rusher. And then those names that I mentioned on the interior, that should be enough to create disruption, to create big plays defensively. Now, is it going to, you know, work in terms of run defense? Probably not in a snap-by-snap -snap basis when you consider, you know, the Chris Jenkins, Brick, Brinson Buckners, Mike Rucker, Julius Peppers eras of this team. Yeah, those right? dudes aren't here anymore. <laughs> no, but, but on those big moments where you need to either get a tackle for loss, a third down stop, that rotation should absolutely pay off. Yeah, and it's just going to last year, when you get rid of all the veterans that they had, like Bruce Urban and Mario Addison, that were fantastic getting after the passer in 2019, being second in the league in sacks and going to be one of the bottom teams in the league, I think a lot of that's obviously youth, gross mottos, being injured, but now adding Hassan Reddick, Morgan Fox. I like the potential of that defensive front. Let me get you out on this. We're sitting here late May, early June, Memorial Day weekend. Your overall thoughts, at least in terms of expectations right now for what this team could be in 2021? Oof. Um, I don't think it's there yet. I think so much of it depends on, depends on how Sam Darnold plays. I mean, I think their win total right now, and again, it's a 17 game season. Their win total sits at seven and a half. I think that's extremely fair around seven and 10, eight and nine. Um, it's going to be a different NFC South, right? Like if Julio Jones moves, then you have a kind of a different Atlanta Falcons team with obviously a different head coach, even though Kyle Pitts comes in. That's kind of on their last leg and their defense is absolutely atrocious. Probably Yeah. the saints, you know, that era has ended um, while Tampa Bay went on a massive hot streak after their bye week 
before their bye week, it was absolutely nothing special. I expect them to obviously be very good because at a record pace, they they kept all their players. Um, yeah, I, I, you can't be 500 anymore, so that's an easy cop-out for me. But uh, I'll, I'll go with 8-9 and nine or 9-8, or and eight, something in that realm. Um, it, it, it'll be a step up from last year. But again, I want to reiterate that Sam Darnold has to win this job this year or else they're going to be back into the veteran quarterback sweepstakes for next year because I truly believe that David Tepper is kind of too impatient for a rookie quarterback to like groom him and make them what they want him to be, that he he wants someone that is proven in the NFL. So I, I, I'd watch that maybe, like you said, 10 months from now. Yeah, you know, that kind of makes sense to me too. I mean, the amount of money he spent on the team and the first three years, he's just watched this team be – pretty bad so i would understand his lack of impatience at this point in time even though he is the same guy who told us you know you heard about rome right well he got went out the door 14 months later josh appreciate your perspective man really good stuff again guys follow him on twitter at josh norris really simple i'm surprised that you have a name not josh norris you can actually have that twitter account so (laughs) congratulations to you um he uh is the host of the underdog fantasy podcast more importantly he's an elon alum and he supports aston villa I do. There you go. They they stayed up last year. They had a pretty good season in the EPL. Eleventh. I mean, don't get me started. We'll be here for another twenty five minutes. There we go. No, I won't. I won't. I won't. But I, I appreciate you, man. Great stuff. Absolutely. Anytime. Thanks a lot. That concludes another episode of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by me, Julian Council. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where I'm going to need your participation every Friday throughout the offseason for our weekly Friday mailbag, where you can ask me all questions that you have on the Carolina Panthers and really anything going on in life. Again, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, where you're typically going to find the Locked On Panthers podcast throughout this offseason mode that we have here in June. I think it's going to be the same way in July, but once we get to August and the training camp is officially underway, July 27th, I'm going to be back hosting podcasts every day of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but right now it's only Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Again, appreciate your all support. I love you all, and I will talk to you Wednesday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.